In this episode of the Hot Topics podcast, Simon Nelson draws on his past experiences in television to explain why universities aren't moving fast enough to accommodate the online learning that has become freely available on all of our screens. And this is the story of how he came to be the CEO of FutureLearn. I was in the right place at the right time when I first heard the word MOOC. Simon happened to be working with The Open University when he was first introduced to the concept by Vice-Chancellor Martin Bean. We looked at uh, this explosion that was occurring in um, online education. There was a problem, however. The Brits were so far behind. And in the US, hundreds of thousands were flocking to MOOC sites like Udacity. He said to me, I want to launch a British response to this. Do you fancy setting it up and running it? Of course he said yes. But in terms of the name MOOC, Simon's not such a huge fan. Uh, Look, I I find the word uh, still (laughs) slightly uncomfortable, or the acronym. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily got widespread consumer acceptance, and I think sometimes it does get in the way. So what is it about distance learning that you think is, is so revolutionary? Well, I think the, uh, the opportunity to open up uh, the, the wealth of knowledge in uh, institutions like universities, but not just universities. It could be in media organizations like the BBC with 100-year archives. It could be in libraries, museums, a um, whole range of uh, cultural institutions. The opportunity to unlock the knowledge that is physically bound within those organizations package it in ways that can bring new knowledge and learning to anyone anywhere in the world, it is impossible not to be extremely excited and quite daunted by the opportunities that that presents. Mm. But of course there are so many you know, MOOC providers and distance learning courses. Do you think we're going to see a point where the noise perhaps is, is, is shifted out a little bit and we're going to see some key players really coming in? I think we're already seeing that. I think uh, there's, there's no question that the early uh, sort of hype around MOOCs was extremely overblown. Um, some incredibly wild claims were made about the ability of MOOCs to transform uh, lives in Africa just through the distribution of, you know, frankly, what at the time was pretty basic video lectures online. Now, using the web as a sort of dumb distribution pipe for um, you know, lectures is not going to transform the world's education. Now, I don't think it's a surprise that there was some of that overblown um, uh, rhetoric at the time. I saw it before when I was at the BBC, uh, when digital was hitting the music industry and the radio industry, which I was uh, sort of leading the BBC's activities in. And then even more acutely, when I moved to television. This is around 2006, and the predictions of the death of live television were widespread, uh, that by basically 2010... Most people thought that on-demand would have uh, surpassed live TV uh, across the world. It hasn't happened. It's still a long way from happening. But I think what both of these things exhibit is a tendency for people to to borrow a well-worn phrase, overestimate the short-term impact of technology, underestimate the long-term impact. No one can deny that in the television industry there is a seismic shift going on from live to on-demand. It's just the pace of that change is longer than many people predicted. And the nature of the change is much more nuanced than just new technology replaces old. That is what is already happening in higher education, I believe. It's what MOOCs are driving. They've been a catalyst for incredible innovation in online learning. And that's 
transformation is underway, is unstoppable, and is going to be profound. But it's not meaning the sweeping away of all of these institutions within three years. Mm. I mean, of course, I think it was 2012 or 2013, uh, the New York Times released an article saying it's the year of the MOOC. Yeah. You only had Sebastian Thrun, of, uh, Thrun who uh, had 150,000 people yeah. sign up, which is quite incredible, really. Um, yeah. I mean, th these are, you know, these were incredible figures, and it was the year of the MOOC because, you know, I, I believe in higher education. I'm new to higher education, so I don't really have a history in it. But from what I understand, there has never been something that has swept through the higher echelons. Well, all levels of universities and governments and students and suddenly generated such excitement, such innovation, um, and such large numbers of people coming together to learn together. I mean, it was very, very significant. It just wasn't the end of the university or the solving of the world's educational ills. And, you know, unfortunately, people are always have a tendency to slightly inflate what's happening, but maybe miss the underpinning shifts that it represents. Regardless of that, though, do, do you think that, I mean, universities must be a little bit worried? I mean, there, there must be conversations being had by vice chancellors up and down the country about how we can be quicker, how we can be more agile. Uh, unquestionably. I mean, this is uh, a shift that's going to be occurring over sort of five to ten year horizons, not over one to two year horizons, but it is unstoppable. It is fundamental. So, to my mind, any university that is not uh, developing an ambitious digital strategy uh, is at serious risk of um, losing its relevance over that period. It's current audience is already demanding more flexible, dynamic, interactive means of learning. And the audience of five to ten years' time will laugh at the notion of a purely traditional uh, educational delivery. That said, uh, I don't believe any, really, of uh, the universities I'm dealing with are actually moving fast enough. And I say that to all of them. Um, and I'm sympathetic because I've seen over 15 years at the BBC how difficult it is to, to move an organisation from a sort of traditional analogue mentality to a you know, more digital and ultimately a fully digital mentality. If you're a legacy business, it's a really hard shift to make, but it's an absolutely necessary shift to make. Why do you think universities are uh, taking such a long time to switch over? It's really, really hard, and it's it's hard when um, the the scale of the sort of the the short to near term opportunity is so dwarfed by um, the core business. So, to, you know, if you look at revenues, etc. Um, I mean, the, the what's coming in through online can appear relatively very small compared to uh, the core business, but what you know, the, the leaders of these organizations need to understand is the trajectory that there is over a sufficiently long term. And in order to move an organization, it needs to, in my view, wholeheartedly embrace a digital approach and not just in pockets of the organization on the side, not little bits of innovation uh, um, activity. Actually, every level, every department, every individual needs to somehow start to embrace this change because it's not just the teachers, it's not just um, the distance learning part, it's um, 
you know, talk to anyone in the marketing areas of these universities, they know, because their, their, their discipline has undergone the most phenomenal transformation in 10 years. Um, but every aspect of recruitment, teaching, research, uh, management, um, student uh, services, etc., they're all being impacted and uh, it's really it's really hard, but it's inevitable. And this is what managing a uh, an institution in a more digital and ultimately much more digital world means. You've been listening to the Hot Topics podcast. For more content, including live events and videos, visit hottopics.ht.